the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Project. We sit down again with Abdel and Askeri talking about how to open a gym up and what you kind of need to do to scale the business from different perspectives, right? Yeah, this is really interesting because actually it's more on the business side of things now. So it's like for you guys who are actually going to a gym and you're seeing like how it's run, maybe you get a little bit of an insight into like why the personal trainers are being the way they are, why the management's being the way it is, why the gym runs the way it is. And also if you're actually looking to open your own gym, maybe what you need to do to ensure it's successful. Definitely beneficial for people that think about opening a gym. I think the best part about it coming at the end, we came to the conclusion that there's nothing shameful about asking someone for help and that there are a lot of resources out there for a first-time entrepreneur looking to open up their own gym. And Liam called me out on a couple things too, especially when it came to American football. So oh, you got you to stick around for that oh. one. That was pretty good at the end of the show. I think that was at like the hour mark. Liam like totally called me out as a half American not knowing my own game. So yeah, stay tuned for that. If you want to hear my be wrong. Yeah, guys. Yeah, I know, right? And there's a ton more in here. I mean, we went into things like artificial intelligence, supplements. We dove into a lot of things. And it's all circled around how to build a business and how to build a gym business and, you know, build your own training business too. There's some really nice perspective from Abdullah in this one. So for you guys, enjoy. All this and more in today's episode. Okay. Hey, guys. How's it going? So today we've got Abdullah Alaskari. He's back on. This is the second time that you come in. Yes. Last time we touched on a few points where we kind of, because you have a consulting business for setting up kind of gyms and different pieces around, not just Kuwait, but around the region. And so we actually thought it'd be a really good opportunity to actually get your perspective on actually setting up a gym in Kuwait. Because yeah. we know there's a lot of people, a lot of listeners who either currently own gyms um, that may not be performing so well. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a lot of people who are actually thinking of setting up gyms. Yeah. And again, like uh, we were just kind of talking just before the show started that we we're talking about like kind of scalable options and actually okay rather than just setting i think this is with business across kuwait anyway it's in like general actually, right yeah like how do we set up a business that is actually set up for success rather than yeah. just going hey i've got this idea i'm just going to put this business into this hole in the wall that i see down the road from the street right. so yeah, yeah. Or I got the free money. You know, you can apply through the Ministry of Verse Mashari Al Oh yeah, small businesses, small, business, small to medium businesses. Small business yeah. to medium businesses. Yeah. It's like a national fund that they yeah, set up yeah. a few years ago. So yeah. you see a lot of people doing that, and you know they become the fitness fanatic. You know, all of a sudden they lose a little bit of weight. I'm a fitness fanatic. All right, let me open up a gym. I yeah. can do this, and then you see the influx that's going on right now. Yeah, very true. Thanks for having me again. It's exciting to talk to you guys. I think like any other business, you really have to have a proper business plan, financial plan, and hire someone to do the research for you. Like you don't have to do it on your own. Hire a proper market research firm that will do the research that you need. What are the demands? You know, what are the gym goers? Like the percentage I know amongst Kuwaiti citizens, it's only like 8% that are regular gym goers. This was back oh, wow. in 2017. Yes, wow, we did a market research. that's an interesting research. number, yeah. dude. Wow. Yeah, it's only 7% that are regular. Okay, you have the two, three months out of the year, but it doesn't count. I think you really need to look into things just like any other business, not only gym business. It makes it more difficult for the gym business because it is a seasonal business. So you do need to kind of lock down when it's high season. Make sure your team is really in tune and everybody's making money during these three or four months, whether it's pre-summer, post-winter, whenever the high season is around. So would you say that would be what, Jan through March? I would say the beginning of the year when people have yeah, their New Year's resolutions. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you get January and then it dies off, what, end of February, I would assume? It slows down in mid-Feb to early March and then it picks up in March 
all the way until post-Ramadan. Because a lot of people really stick to it in Ramadan. That's Some the don't. time that like a lot of people try to make that yeah, resolution. Yeah, take advantage. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So they know that work might be a little bit slower and they're going to try and spend a little it's bit more, more time. hours during the day and they're not eating anyway. So they're like, you know what? Let me make most of this time. So I think let's just go back to the original. It's just like any other business. You really got to do your research. Nothing is guaranteed, right? But at least you have an idea going into it. I think that's the main thing, though, isn't it? People kind of, especially here, they set up a business without really knowing who they're setting up the business for. Yeah, is it in the right place? Like, they they have no idea. They might set a coffee shop, like, middle of the desert and be like, okay, well, is there anyone there? there? Just because you've got cheap land there or whatever, like, they're kind of doing it for the wrong variable. Exactly. That brings me to the second point is you have to know where you want to set it up. Is it, you know, in the city, then kind of know what your peak hours are? Is it where the residentials are concentrated most? Is the commercial area, Salmiya, Hawali, you really have to pick it apart and know your target market. That's another thing is defining your target market. I mean, like we said, nothing is guaranteed. You can have the best facility in the world and three months later, somebody opens right next door and it can ruin your whole business. But at least do the research. One of the important questions, and I don't see this happening in gyms here. Yeah, I saw it in gyms in the States and I'm assuming they probably do it in England. I'm guessing. But I know they do it in the States where sales training, you know, when you talk about the oh, peak yeah. season and everything, yes. I want to circle back down to the peak season because I think we can hit a really good point sure. for gym owners and gym managers. Yeah. If their employees actually have some sales training, instead of getting them in only for that three or four month membership for the peak season, you sell them the year membership. And that's what they're doing in the States a lot right now. Yes. They sell the year membership yeah. so that they wrap you in for the full year at, you know, like $69.99, you know, kind of like the phone contract you get here. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. So yeah. if you break it. And then you have the trainers that have really good sales training in the States where they'll sell you on. They're not just going to sell you training. They're going to yeah. sell you the the water bottle. They're going to sell you the t-shirt, the, the towel, towel yeah. everything else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when people are doing their research, wouldn't it be advantageous also to do some research and other tools that you can use yeah, you know, absolutely. As, as a gym owner for your staff? You, know, you like talked about that last CrossFit time gyms, you know, there's so many accessories and gadgets for CrossFit training. You can have a whole corner in the gym for people to buy stuff. But again, like you said, your staff really has to be involved. One of the things that I really like to do is hold staff meetings. We have them every month. It doesn't matter if we're repeating the same thing all year long. I know they're sick of me hearing it, but they need to be reminded. You have to sell the PTs. You have to sell the hours. You have to call back. Okay, the reception and the guest relations person will do that. But if you haven't seen a member here for a while, like one of your PTs has fell off the face of the earth for two or three months, you know, give him a courtesy call. They do appreciate more than the front desk. So like you said, especially during peak season, we do our job as management, bringing in customers, but everybody else has to be in tune. Trainers, swimming coaches, spa, everybody has to work together. So we get to make you pay money for every single department while you're here. It's not only the gym membership or the PT. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And we do a lot of cross-selling training as well. If you're having issues and he's training you, you have to recommend the spa package or you have to recommend the physio or a swimming lesson or a Pilates you know, whatever it is. So the cross-selling is also part of our training programs or methods. And do you think it's a good idea to like have those incentivized? So like for the cross-selling or is it kind of expected that they should be doing it as part of their job? Well, you're going to get it back anyways. If you give him a client, he'll probably remember it next time and send you someone. 
Yeah. That's how it works usually. Yeah. Because we talked about that a little bit before and it's like, okay, yeah, hopefully that should work that way. Kind of like, guess it's down to the management to make sure that you have the team of staff that is going to see it that way as well. It's um, tough to man. make sure, yeah, yeah. That, that, okay, you've got a team that works cohesively together yeah. to be able to support each other. Because, yeah, we've talked and we said that she. For the most part, people will try and give each other clients because they know that yes. they're going to get it back. And like what goes around comes around. Kind of For thing. sure, yeah. But there's definitely places, and these are probably the places that we see that aren't doing so well from kind of a consumer standpoint. They're not getting the best services where those trainers or those other members of staff are kind of like, no, these are my guys. And like you're yeah. not allowed to speak, see them. Or you like get it a lot where a trainer will go away for a month and, so, and you never see their clients in the gym again. Like, yes. Those, the clients haven't got away, but like, so the trainer is obviously saying, hey, like, don't go with anyone else. Like, you take rest. Don't you need it? Blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Like, I've heard these kind of things before. And yes. then because they're afraid that someone else is going to take their client. Yes. Where there should be that kind of trust element between each PT and, and the team. I can highlight two things on the very valid points that you just made. Wherever we have a trainer going away, you're not allowed to go and leave unless you assign your clients to your team. Okay. So there's a form I'm giving Abdullah to Mahdi. Mahdi has to sign that I'll be training Abdullah for the three or four weeks. Yeah. And then we'll sign your leave after you do that. Okay. And we have to do your classes as well. We have to do everything that you do. So the gym has to function as if Liam is still here. Yeah. We can't have your clients sit around. They're gym members first before they are yeah, your course, clients, yeah. right? So they have to get the services. Another thing, when I give clients to other PTs, it gives me more credibility with the client, actually. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. We you were know? just talking about that yeah, a little while I, ago. Yeah. I don't know. If you gave me a CrossFit PT today, I wouldn't know what to do with him or her. I probably end up breaking their back. So I would be like, you know what? Liam is the expert, you know, try a few sessions. If you're not comfortable, come back. That gives you so much credibility with the members. I mean, I don't understand why trainers don't do that. But it's funny when they end up doing that, they get more clients somehow. I don't know how it happens. Yeah, they get yeah. more back, right? Yeah. Burrow, for example, we've got a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. Yeah. And if you're open to actually go increasing the client's uh, experience of the gym rather than just their experience of you, then exactly. they're actually getting more out of it. They're happier and they know that you've done that for them. Yeah, they'll, they'll stick, stick around for a while. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's that credibility thing. I think that a lot of people, they don't have the yeah. foresight to necessarily think that that's going to happen. So is there anything as management that you do like make that kind of environment within your team? We do show live examples. I take it upon myself to assign clients to different trainers, not force, but we'll recommend, we'll be like, you know what, if you're struggling with this person, try giving her to Liam and see what happens. Most of the time, I'm lucky enough that they listen and it works out. Everybody's happy. It comes back to brand onboarding too, you know, your culture that you set within the gym. A lot of the great marketers or the great businessmen, you know, yeah. I mean, Sans Jobs, like he was good. Yeah, you know, he was really good. Yes. But the culture in Apple is a little different. You know, if you look at Google's culture, though, like the culture that you set up, I think that yeah. has a big difference from the gym ownership perspective and management. For sure. So if you set up that culture where they trust in doing that, yeah. you know, you're going to get a high return on it. A lot of mistakes, if you may. I don't know if it's a mistake, but a lot of the owners are not involved in the businesses and the gym businesses today. And if they are, they don't have the expertise, to be honest. So they'll implement something where the GM or the top line of management are like, you know what? What the hell is this guy talking about? It's not yeah. going to work. Or vice versa, right? Yeah. So I think it's very important that your first line of management are in tune with your vision, your concept, what you want to achieve. Here in the businesses, especially gym businesses here, I see there's a huge gap. Yeah. And a lot of them, to be honest. Yeah, there's like that ownership level. 
that's kind of either they've got the money and they've and got the totally desire, not involved yeah, in and the they, picture, and they yeah. don't get involved in the picture because maybe yeah. they have two or three other businesses yeah. or whatever which are like kind of not their hobbies like a gym is usually like a hobby for yeah. an owner yeah. or you've got that guy who's like maybe too involved because it's like everything he has like poured into it and he's like loves the gym and everything yeah. like that and then he's almost like a bit too involved with the gym and, and doesn't trust maybe the manager that he's put sure. in place that's the kind of the two that I see and there's a massive gap between maybe how we have it in America and how we have it in the UK yeah. where there's that trust level that comes down from the top for sure, yeah. Because if that trust there isn't there with the manager who's in charge, then that filters down to the personal trainers, down to the reception staff, yeah, and down exactly, to the cleaners yeah. and everyone yeah. like that, that no one trusts each other, yeah. and that creates a toxic environment. For right? sure, yeah. yeah. Speaking of trust, another thing that I've seen here is that gym owners or, or managers will take the word of the client over the employee yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah too And much. I think this is very wrong. You know, I'll listen to the client but for sure, I'm sticking behind my employee all day long, dude. Yeah, that's, that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, that happens a lot in businesses in general. Here. Yeah. In yeah. Kuwait in general, like, yeah. you know, when I was working in the food and beverage business, I mean, it was like the customer's always right. Okay, but what if the customer's no. an asshole? You can't say he's always right if he's a jerk yeah. and he does something to provoke the employee. Even to take it out as an example, outside of the gym setting, Melanzana summer edition party thing. And like the food and service was unbelievable. I saw the server with the waitress was doing amazing work and she was trying yeah. her hardest. Like the kitchen shouting, this high pressure environment, everyone's going crazy. And this customer next to me, I just heard them having a go at the waitress. And like this kills me in business here anyway. Like yeah. when the customer is having a go like so badly. Yeah. Especially when there's language barriers and all this kind of thing, there can be misunderstandings. It's normal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But then customer feedback cards at the end i kind of made sure to like go up to the owner and just say actually like i noticed that one of the waitresses was getting a bit of a hard time yeah. i just want to let you know like she did absolutely nothing wrong yeah. like it was amazing but i know that customer was writing down on the feedback card that she like there was a problem with it exactly yeah. um because he asked for a name and everything like that and i felt really bad yeah like so i just kind of wanted to like, take it on myself to just make sure that she didn't get in trouble for it and i think that happens way too much here it does man. there's, there's a lot of people who especially that front line that front desk yeah. level of people they get a whole load of shit thrown at them and a lot of the time they deal with it really well so obviously there's some people who deal with it badly but yes. there's a lot of the time they deal with it really well and yeah there needs to be that trust a little bit more if you're asking someone to do a job for you just trust that they're going to do it not only do you need to trust you your employees they need to trust you back right so when you stand up and stick up for them they're like oh well this guy's pretty decent you know he's not that bad after all so i totally believe in this man i'll stick up for you but if you did something wrong just admit it not in front of the yeah. client yeah come to my office and be like look man i'm sorry you know i slipped this is what happened it's fine it's yeah. not the end of the world everyone's human yeah i mean we had a few incidents with the front desk where we asked members to leave the club because they're just disrespecting the ladies at the mm. front desk and we're like you know what here's your money back you're not welcome here you know they throw a fit especially the type of customers we have the high-end people but i could care less dude yeah. Yeah. yeah and your employees really appreciate it when they see that and it prevents other customers from disrespecting them as well yes yeah, that's a standard for yeah, sure and that's yeah. a standard throughout the whole club and sometimes making an example of like the customer more so than making an example of the employee yeah even for one or two years after that make a yeah. real difference yeah kind of. the message is there yeah, yeah. nothing yeah. like that that's hugely important massive yeah. thing that and people don't do that here they yeah. don't empower the employee and i think that's another part of you need them to upsell and they need them to do this and that 
Give them the authority, dude. You don't have to overlook and micromanage. Oh, what are you doing? You don't have to do that. They're educated. They've had the experience. You know, they've worked before. They know what they're doing. Let do, them do it, man. Do you think that trust comes down because actually, or they don't have that trust because they don't, they're not fully happy with their decisions in the staff picking process? So like when they're choosing that front desk member or when they're choosing that personal yeah. trainer, maybe... They don't trust their own decision in having that person in their business. Either it's that or you weren't involved in the recruiting process, yeah. which is another big mistake that owners do. I mean, I sit with everyone that comes into the club, from the cleaners all the way up to the fitness manager. You need to know who you're going to work with because yeah. I'm going to see these people every day. I mean, if you can't hire the right people, then that's on you again. Yeah. And then that trust comes down yeah. and it becomes very easy once that kind of good cycle, that yeah. positive cycle yeah. keeps going. I think that takes us back to the very beginning where you have to do the research. Yeah. Even in looking for recruiting agents. I mean, there's agents all over the world, Dubai, Europe, you know, ask them for help. Ask them to help you. There's nothing wrong with it. The recruitment officer, they're really not that bad. Like sometimes they'll bring forth some really good candidates. Oh yeah, top yeah, notch. We've used yeah, them, yeah. definitely used them before in the past. Yeah. And you know, when you're looking for high level CEOs, especially, or like, you know, high level management, we definitely used a recruitment company and they brought forth some really good candidates. Yeah. Yeah, I remember they brought a couple of guys from G and I was like, all right, this guy's, you know, pretty legit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, you're right. When you do the research and you find the tools that you actually need and can use to set up your business, yeah. it makes it a lot easier. Now here with the government stuff, uh, there's a lot of red tape there. Yes. How strenuous is the red tape? Because I'm sure you've gone through it. Like how long, what's the problem? Like how long is the process? It's undefined. You don't know. So it could Some, take a day or it could take a yeah, month, a year? it could take two, three months or up to a year for your stuff to get approved. It's crazy. I don't even know what the process requires actually. Are there experts that could help people with doing this stuff? Like I know for certain things you can hire a Mendoop to do all the work for you. You can. You, know, you hire him, he gets all the paperwork done, he knows the people in the ministry, you know, because the biggest problem is where to go. You know, like, all right, I got to get this renewed, but where do I go? You're telling me to go this office, that office, right. you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough. It's really <laughs> I tough. For like yeah. visa stuff, I've been like walking around, being driven to different places, like all in the same day. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I don't think this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> like, but like, I think it's obviously you can see, yeah, someone just goes, no, you got to go down here. No, you got to go here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like just for anything. Yeah. So yeah, I can see that it's just... So the licensing is really difficult. The licensing is difficult. To get funding is is also pretty difficult. From the government, I assume like, you know, the small businesses, they're not going to fund a gym. Like, it's going to be harder to do now with the influx that we have. It's like, all right, if you do a study on Kuwait right now, it's like, all right, how many gyms do we have per cap? Yeah. All right. If it's a high number, then yeah. Why am I, I going to? We've got the most exactly. in the region. It wouldn't surprise me. I heard I that we, as well. I think we do. Yeah. It yeah, would I've not. It would not I did some me. research like a couple of years ago, and like it's actually, I think we have the most yeah. gyms in the region, along right. with the most restaurants too. Probably. <laughs> probably. And, and one of the most obese countries as well. If you think about the size of the country. Like realistically, it's only really Kuwait City. Like, exactly. <laughs> like there's not many gyms else outside of Kuwait City. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually that's a hell of a conundrum. That's a lot of gyms, a lot of obese people, <laughs> a lot <laughs> of food. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like it's yeah. per capita, it's, I think it's the most. That's pretty insane. It is, yeah. Like for profit-wise, is it actually profitable to have a gym? It depends what kind of gym you want to open up and how much money you want to spend initially. I think these high-end gyms are really tough to profit from, especially the first few years where you really want to yeah. make your money back as quick as possible, pay off any loans or or do any of that. You know, the boxes are cheap 
to establish now. The circuit training is cheap as well. Yeah. But places like, you know, Platinum, Oxygen, when you have the pools and the locker rooms and yeah. Oh, yeah. full-fledged into... equipment, it's pretty tough to make the money back. But what about, all right, the boxes? Everyone's jumping on the box idea because they yeah. say, okay, yeah, you know, I can spend roughly 75,000 KD. Yeah. Get the rigs, get the equipment, get this, get Not that. even that, probably. Not even that? Yeah, I was going to say. Probably if you guy, buy used stuff. You do, you do all that, but I mean, with the competition. Yeah. You know, I know with, and I threw the the food and beverage industry in there because I work in the food and beverage industry. Yes. And it's, it's hard. Like, it's hard to turn a profit. It's very difficult, it's difficult to actually yeah. turn a profit. And when you do turn a profit, that's like, all right, we got some good products going this year. So is the gym scene kind of the same? Same, almost. You know, because it's like, if you really look at it when you're paying the trainers and you're paying this and you're paying yeah. rent and you're doing this, your profit margins Your shrink. overhead is really high Yeah, with the gyms, especially trainers are going to cost you like salaries, commission, and rent in Kuwait is not cheap. No, it's not cheap at yeah. all. In general, <laughs> it's not cheap. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at a couple of places and when I saw the rent tags, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. You want me to pay 2000 KD for like 300 square meters. Yeah. yeah. Like really? Like yeah. that's just not logical exactly. in the middle of the desert. Yeah. You know, like it's like, I'm not looking for a prime location. Yeah. I was looking at renting a shop in San Mia once. I was like, oh, how much is rent? And we're talking smaller than this room, right? Yeah. 4500 a month. I'm like, huh? Yeah, no. Where were you going to sell out of that show? I forget. It was some some idea I had a few years ago, and I was just like, yeah, not happening. I think it was yeah. smoothies. Yeah, it was you, smoothies. I mean, how many smoothies do you have to sell just to pay your rent? That's very during true. The yeah. month? This is how I look at it. Honestly. No, it's true. Yeah. yeah. And when, when I looked at that, because I worked for a fast food brand, and it was like, all right, well, how much do I have to sell a day to pay the rent at the avenues? Right? Exactly. We couldn't break even. No. Like even on Impossible. our best days, yeah. we're not breaking even. Yeah. You know, rent is always going to kill us. It sucks here, but sooner or later, I think the market's going to adjust. It has to eventually. It has to, yeah. Like to use as an example, like that can't be your profitable branch. Oh, no. Really? Like there's no way of it being your it's profitable advertising. branch, yeah. is it? Being yeah, in the average like, is purely advertising. Yeah, like marketing concept yeah. store, as it were. Like it's like just brand work. It's like kind of when people are trying to think. Even like Spark have opened up and avenues now. They're kind of oh yeah, that's right, they, yeah. But they have two existing gyms already, so that's kind of a bigger brand. Like when you're looking for a gym, you're kind of thinking location, exactly. Amount of people who are going to walk past, who are going to see your signs, who yeah. are going to see all this kind of stuff. Parking is going to be a huge thing here as well. Yes. So like I know obviously like for the places that are in Marouge and Sahara, once you kind of get to like five six p.m. trying to get some parking around there, Impossible. it's crazy. It. Yeah. And so then actually sometimes people don't come to the gym because they can't get like a parking space. They yeah. know they're going to have to walk one hundred meters crazy yeah like, which is here is, uh, they're gonna yeah. have to do exercise Insane. to get to yeah. the gym so they're like no that doesn't suit my plans <laughs> but yeah so like you're looking kind of for all those kind of different things and yeah. like actually finding some a location that's perfect for your customer that's actually close to where they're living as well it's not like 25 minutes in traffic or anything like that yeah. and then, yeah it's, it's difficult and then obviously making sure that you have the quality of gym that you want for them as well exactly yeah. then so you've got c club which is uh, albida Albeda, yeah. Yeah. So parking around there is, is that kind of like a little bit difficult? It's we're lucky because the move and pick gave us a huge part of their lot. So this is only for C Club members now and it's gated and all yeah. that. So we were very lucky with that. Yeah. So you've yeah. got a specific parking yeah, so kind of for our customers, know, like, yeah. Pretty yeah. much they're gonna be okay, yeah. even if bidder's a little bit busy. Yeah, no, yeah. they're fine. So but yeah, like when you look at Marouge and places like that and, or like yeah, if it's impossible. Even the gyms that are in Shawake, like oh yeah. Trying to get to those, yeah. like it's kind of a big turn off for a lot of people just to have to go and get to those. Yeah. Schwech, forget about it. I'd never joined Jim Schwech. That's why I think also Oxygen got very lucky with his locations. With the the Sabah Salem yeah. one? The Sabah Salem is perfect. Jabri is kind of, because he has that like sand lot in front of the yeah. gym, but uh, 
who knows what's going to happen. Jabri has turned future. into a city. Like Jabri yeah. is literally it's, a city right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I used to live in Jabri. Yeah. And it was like quiet, you know, everything. Like this yeah. is mid 90s, late 90s. And then 2005 rolled around. Boom. Yeah. Unbelievable. Took off. Yeah. Delhi is a good location for oxygen because he has Cosma Club is behind him. So there's huge lots behind the gym but he's a lucky man i mean it doesn't always turn lucky or smart i mean he's uh, I, I think yeah, it's, a little I think, bit of both. I think it's a little bit of yeah. both but he's the great opportunity now where he now has a brand of gyms where people will pretty much go wherever his gym is if there is an oxygen there then everything will grow around it now yeah like, so supplement stores yeah. he could, clothing he could, gear he could like, put one in wafer and wafer would immediately like go through the roof yeah. because then people like they see it as a massive hey man don't give him any yeah. ideas all right don't <laughs> give him any ideas i'm living in wafer all right don't give him any ideas i'm sure I'm sure he's that's, had that idea already. Yeah, yeah, like if, he's, if he's, he's probably building. Yeah, like, if, if, <laughs> like he's not a stupid person. Like no. he's, a, yeah, he's a very intelligent guy. So like I'm sure, but that's the kind of thing that he yeah. has now. Like he can, wherever he goes, then other people will go. They'll like follow him. Yeah, all of those things will literally like stick to him. Like a whale and, and fish swimming around. Yeah. I know there's going to be stuff. It's a global brand now. I mean, look at it all is. the guys that have come from the States just to train in yeah. Oxygen Kuwait. You know, and they're opening one in Abu Dhabi now. So it's pretty, oh, really? Yeah, I heard it's going to be huge. Oxygen wow. in Abu Dhabi. Another smart move. He didn't choose Dubai because he knows it's oversaturated. It's going to be an empty gym probably. It'd be difficult for him to, I mean, yeah. maybe something that he'll do in the future. Again, thinking about where we're thinking that Avenues is that kind of like that lost leader. He's probably looking at Dubai as that lost leader. And yeah. actually like, is it, does it make sense for him to be doing that in yeah. the long run? Maybe it does because it's going to draw a lot of people in who just want to come and train at Oxygen Dubai. Yeah. Um, who are going to Dubai already, but actually it's not going to make him money. So like you have like Nike towns and stuff like that dotted around the world. Like for the space that they take it's up, they're, branding, not, making, right? yeah, they're yeah. not making yeah. money, but their experiences yeah and again like if you're kind of looking at something for an experience then that's a very different idea of the yeah. business and a different idea of profitability very it true yeah yeah so yeah. yeah it'd be interesting to see what it does uh, in the future yeah thinking about experiences and thinking about obviously we have like a lot of influencers who are kind of trying to post these experiences and yeah. like, come train with me, train with me on this, blah, 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 blah. Like, do you think that these influences are beneficial to the fitness industry at the moment? Or are they kind of like, are they taking something away from it? Or are they kind of, what's your opinion on it? Sorry, just to add to that, too, do you see a credibility shift also? Like, I mean, before it was like, you know, you leave your testimonial. Before, yeah. Like before, back in the 90s, oh, like, yeah. you see the testimonials, yeah, yeah. you actually trusted them. Yes. You know, for a certain period, there was yeah. trust in them. And now with the influencers, do you think they're losing their credibility? When do you think we're going to see that shift from your perspective, especially we're with the fitness industry. Fitness influencers or in general influencers? Fitness influencers, yeah. yeah. Okay. People, uh, people, people, people like him. <laughs> I'm a micro-influencer, I think. Someone called me a micro-influencer before. I was like, I think that's a compliment. I'm not sure. I don't know. It is actually. Yeah. <laughs> Effectively, you've got a lot of people like kind of like me who are kind of producing content for, yeah. for people. And there is definitely a credibility issue with regards to some people. There so, is. Because, I mean, I call them the overnight certificate. One second, he's like training with a group of people. The next day, he's like a trainer at a certain gym. I'm like, how did that happen? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I guess you have to really be careful at who you're looking at. Just make sure that, you know, they're certified, passing on the right information. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Enhanced. I was watching it like two nights ago. Dr. No, Tony Huge. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. my God, dude. This is an example of a terrible influencer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> really bad. But he calls himself a doctor and he has like 18 or 19 lawsuits against him at the moment. Yeah. Wow. 
but doesn't care. You know who I'm talking about, right? I've heard the yeah. name, but I'm, I'm not familiar with the kind uh, of lawsuits. And- it's on iTunes. I mean, I've seen him on YouTube a few times, but again, he has a huge following all yeah. over the world. People listen to him and copy him and take his advice on fitness and PEDs and supplements and how to train and I don't know what. The stuff that you see is like, it's ridiculous, dude. So you have to be really careful and you have to tell yourself, what are you looking for? Are you looking at this guy to maybe know how to train? Do you want to CrossFit? Do you want to know how to eat, prepare your meals? That's again, I think is back on the viewer. He really needs to know what he's looking for. I can't just be looking at three people and copy all three just for the sake of it. Yeah. But then you go into the promotional aspect, you know, and that's where I kind of see it as I see some people, they'll promote certain products. And it's like a lot of people will fall for it, especially within the supplement industry. I think the supplement industry has gotten so diluted in terms of regulations over the last five years. Mm -hmm. And it was a shift from the States. And I think it's shifted over here now where you see it a lot, where you have these guys and girls attaching themselves to these supplements. And it's not the supplement that's doing it. It's not the supplement that's doing it. You know, they'll say, okay, you know, I've put on nine pounds of muscle through this weight gainer. And in reality, it's like, dude, we all know that you're probably on gear or you're probably doing something else. Or even if you're not on gear, you're probably got your food dialed in. You've got your sleep dialed in. You've got your training and everything that comes along with it. The average guy isn't going to do that. I see it more with there. You have your smart gym goers that don't pay attention to it anymore. Yeah. And then you have your new gym goers that are still paying attention to it. And you'll see the guy that gets his membership and goes to the supplement store, buys the big bag of, you know, weight gain. And I see that so much. And I'm like, you poor guy, man. I feel so bad. There's the other side of that though as well. Like where that smart guy thinks he's smart and he's going, nah, you know what? I don't need creatine. Like it's yeah. just that guy is just trying no, no, to sell no, it no, to no, me. No, no, not creatine. No, I'm talking no, about no, creatine. Saying, creatine, creatine I'll back. No, 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 <laughs> I'll back any form you. of creatine. No, but that's you. Because I'm <laughs> like, a high response. Like I'm, I've this got is a you. response. Yeah, this is you. So true. I'm saying there's that smart guy who thinks he's being smart, who's thinking, actually, I'm just trying to be sold to. That's all rubbish. As a trainer, the trainer comes on and goes, hey man, like maybe you'll benefit from taking creatine. He's like, no, no, I don't want to take any of that. No need. Like I'm just going to keep doing hard work and everything. They think they're being smart by actually ignoring the basic principles of like some sports nutrition. Realistically, there's been no new sports nutrition for the last like 15 years. Like creatine, protein, (laughs) like glutamine, these kind of things we know exist and we know that they're effective. Different dosages, cool, like whatever. But now you've got like 10 different types of creatine and then like, actually just yeah. like creatine monohydrate is the one that's been researched the most amount out of everything yeah. even yeah, more than protein early 90s yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but it comes down to purity too like me and Liam have talked about on the show yeah. we would never back a supplement company unless we had like a third party evaluation pay yeah. loads and loads of money yeah <laughs> loads of money and a third party evaluation yeah. that we can trust the cleanliness of the product there's no arsenic there's no you know none yeah. of that stuff yeah I think it's labdoor.com you could go on there it's a third party yeah. it rates a cleanliness of your protein powder yeah, there's or whatever like, else. Yeah, there's a, lot there's a couple can, of them. There, you can do it, yeah. They and, can see in different products and how the purity yeah. of them and what, what actually goes into them and everything like that. They get tested. I use mass gainer and weight gainer because I think that's the biggest load of horse shit I've seen just because it's just sugar. It's empty calories. Yeah, yeah, it's just empty calories and sugar. Basically, there's not the equivalent of the protein that they actually say is in there. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's like you get the shams, but you also get legit people. You do yeah. get the legit supplement companies. You know, like if I were to call one out, I'd probably say like on it. They have really good yeah. supplements. It's clean. They do a lot with like brain stuff and yes. everything. But Jim is another one. Jim uh, Stepani. Stepani. Right? Yeah. You know, he's probably one of the most legit influencers in the business. Yeah. Just because he's a doctor in bioscience and he does all the research. So this is one person that you can really get accurate 
info. But again, I honestly believe it goes back to the listener and the viewer. Yeah. You, you can't see- listen to one person. You have to do the research, look into other stuff, you know. Do you see the credibility sort of die, dying down? Because right now, yeah, like somewhat, right now, you see everybody's see, an expert now. Yeah, and everyone's yeah. got like fifty thousand followers or sixty thousand followers. Yeah, yeah, you know, and like right now, it's just like, dude, unless you have two point two million followers, I'm not listening to you. Yeah, or a thousand exactly. followers, I'll probably listen to you. Yeah, yeah man, if anyone's got like a million followers, I literally don't follow them. Dude, some, <laughs> I, no, I but know some, there's gonna be some bullshit. There's no, there's a couple like, of movement experts. He's got like one point two million followers. And his shit's legit. Like his movement oh, stuff yeah. is very legitimate, yeah. very well thought out. Is it out. the guy from Israel? I think Roy Gold. I think so. Yeah, I think this so. This guy's unbelievable. Like the, yeah. there are a few of them. You know, they have some legitimate information. Yes. And then I look at who's following them. You know, I'll yeah. try to see who else is following them on their list. And if there are some, you know, legitimate people that are following them, like some athletes or whatever, yeah. then you know they've got some substance there yeah. that's worth looking at versus the guy that has 34,000 or 50,000. Yeah. And he's like, that middle range is there. Dangerous. It's, it's really crazy. dangerous, yeah, like, dude. It's, it's, it's like really dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even look at it anymore, dude. That's why, like, if I see 4,000 followers, I'm like, all right, she might have some legit information yeah, there. Pretty decent, and yeah. Legitimately, they do have real information and they're not trying to sell you something. They're just trying to give out information yeah. that's working for them. Valid like, for right, you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Versus, you know, the guy that's like, yeah, buy this supplement and get 10% off and whatever. It's like, dude, I don't care. <laughs> and this is my code and I don't know what, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This needs to be information and content. Yeah. Like, and it's just you do see a lot of people like actually just go and. Like, the thing that kills me is like when you got like forty, fifty thousand followers, and then actually like it's obvious that you bought them. Yeah, and then yeah. you're like yeah. putting out like bad content and stuff, and you're just like. <laughs> All right, well, man. Like, have you got fifty thousand followers? <laughs> Usually, the same guys who are kind yeah. of like saying like they went from being a member at a club like one day, and then next yeah. thing they've got a sponsored ad saying they're a trainer, come do my program. Yeah, and then they jumped up like thirty thousand followers as well. Yeah. Okay, the okay. slow growth is definitely a good indication. That's yeah. something that yeah. I've noticed. Steady, and slow, steady yeah. and slow growth is a good indication. Yeah. Like, I mean, you brought this up to me. You're like, dude, yeah, you post some good stuff, but some of it's like crap quality too. You know, <laughs> like he said I mean, that same too. here. You know, but here's the thing, like, what are we posting for? That's yeah. what I always ask myself. What am I posting for? Am I posting to gain a following or am I just posting so that my friends, family see it, maybe benefit from what I'm doing? Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah. Or just me being a dumbass at the gym, you know, and like dropping some weight or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, I think quality is really important. Though. I yeah. think it's, and we come back to right that around the gym, like don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Like if you're going to do something, like do it well. If you look back at my feed, like some of my like, posts a year ago were like, bad quality photos like things I've zoomed in on everything like doesn't look great yeah. taken with like uh, I haven't adjusted the, the settings on my phone or whatever so it's not recording in great quality and actually then it's not that interesting to watch you could write the best caption underneath but actually it's Instagram and it's about the picture like, yeah. and it's about the video people and it's kind of, it's, rarely read stuff yeah and it's yeah. just that little bit of extra effort that actually then kind of makes you just a little bit more credible I guess because you're actually trying to make effort for the person who's viewing it yeah. it is quite interesting but then there are people who are very good at that and actually not so good at the kind of actual content of it yeah. so that kind of a, almost a fake credibility and very yeah. good at showing people what they're doing but not so good at actually I mean dude I fixed so. up my pictures like you said dude and like it was weird it was the funniest thing in the world because I was <laughs> laughing the next day I was like that son of a bitch I took a good picture it was like a good quality clear picture of me doing something I think it was yeah. like an overhead press or whatever I post it I get like triple the likes and I'm like really? <laughs> like that really did difference, that yeah. people like seeing what other people are yeah. doing and I think it's a really good thing and it comes down to like with the gym with the Instagram like you should be showing what people are doing. Like it's really yeah. cool what people are doing in your gym and it's really cool what your gym is doing yeah. for the community. Like, but you gotta make an effort with showing it off. 
And like, so then yeah. it comes around to marketing and like talking about your gym and talking about the cool things it's doing. Exactly. Like, yeah. unfortunately, Instagram and Snapchat and things like that, they're here to stay. And so like, they're really easy, free tools for you to use oh, yeah. to actually yeah. like show people what you're doing. Yeah. And so if you've got someone who's in charge of your social media account or anything like that, who has no idea what the hell they're doing, they're just good at taking photos and posting them at yeah. the right times, and that can be bad for your brand. For sure. And I kind of wanted to ask your opinion on how you th how you feel about just social media in general, about yeah. like for gym businesses and like kind of maybe things that you do specifically like for your gyms and things yeah. that maybe you see in the future would be really good or you want to try to get into. I think we're forced to use it, you know, whether you like it or not, you have to use it today or else... People are not going to know what yeah. you're doing. Like you said, we take it, you know, upon ourselves to show our staff first and what they do and what kind of expertise they bring uh, to the table. And I think they are a huge reason why we have people that are interested in the club. Because we mentioned that last time, you know, clubs are the same all over the world. Yeah. It's the same equipment, same flooring, same locker rooms, you know, everything's the same. The quality of people are what bring memberships in. Diversity of services as well. So we try to show all these aspects on social media. And you're forced to today. That's, you know, it was brochures and, you yeah, know, it's more paper past. and things like that. Yeah, now it's none of that. I yeah, mean, people don't yeah. come in really to ask your prices anymore, do they? They kind of, they know yeah. them. They were straight it's on Instagram. Yeah. They'll call yeah. you and say, what's yeah. up? But like, <laughs> yeah, this, it has to all kind of be there now. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. it's almost like a directory. Oh, yeah. yeah. Such. yeah so. Even when hiring like trainers, like one of my fitness managers is like, look at this guy. Mm. I'm like, where's the resume? He's like, no, I, I sent you the resume. Instagram. This is really the last 10 years. Like you see everything he's doing and like you can see what type of person they are oh yeah and like yeah. this is a great thing for me like you could try and look at their instagram because they yeah. literally you can see more than you probably should do exactly <laughs> like yeah. if you actually yeah. look into it you can actually see like when people are posting okay what were they doing at that time yeah. of their life like actually if they spent like a year in thailand drinking beers and stuff like that you're like, yeah you get an idea about a person oh, yeah. straight away yeah. um and that's really important because then also <laughs> they represent your brand yeah because if you're posting people as the gym and then you tag them yeah. those people are going to go straight to that person's profile and if that profile isn't good for your brand then like actually sometimes yeah it can be pretty dangerous this reminds me of a story somebody approached me to partnership with them or a certain company i'm like you know just give me a few days let me think about it we'll set up a meeting blah 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 it was it was a great idea and i went to this guy's instagram account and it was terrible dude yeah the stuff i saw on this guy's account i'm like i could never be this guy's partner he was literally wearing like a string for christmas <laughs> i'm drinking like i'm like what is this guy doing yeah exactly yeah that's that was it yeah i don't even know what to call it yeah that's it yeah give the guy credit for wearing a mankini so i message him back i'm like you know i'm busy you know yeah so i mean this is like where we've got to be careful and yeah. this is kind of yeah. because you say like why are you posting it really you're always posting it to advertise yourself yeah like you always yeah. are i don't know though like but, I but post you have things, no choice because I, you're posting it as soon as you make it public you're advertising but yourself. That, yeah. that, that's the thing like i'm not going to post something that detrimental in any way like i'm not going to post me at a party you know doing shit that i was doing in my 20s yeah, you exactly, know what i mean yeah, like yeah. even with facebook Back yeah. in the day when Facebook was really hot, yeah. I was very weary about posting pictures because I knew later down the line, if I had an employer, I don't want them seeing that. But this is yeah. you as an intelligent human being. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man, some people are stupid. Like, yeah, some, like, for I, sure, yeah. I've done before when I worked with sports nutrition companies, people would send me their social media handles. I'd check them out, see if they're a good fitness influencer. Like they're posted like, yeah, smashing beers and things like this. And you're like, okay, you're going to be influencing our customers. Yeah. 
like, okay, cool. You can drink beers and stuff like this is in the UK. You can drink beers, yeah, or whatever just you don't want. Show it, but yeah. like, but you've got to realize now that whatever you put in public, people can see and they're going to make yeah. a judgment on whether you like it or not. Oh yeah. And so I think it's like when businesses ask people to be a little bit more kind of wary of this, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's like asking someone, hey, uh, maybe don't swear at the clients or don't wear like no t-shirt yeah. in the club or something like that because it's a representation. Or come in like shaved and presentable. It's yeah. the same thing here. It's a representation yeah. of yeah. you and the brand. And actually yeah. like now, unfortunately, whether you like it or not, your social media is like an extension of you and an extension yeah. of everything you're connected to. Exactly, so it's yeah. like picking the right people to yeah. actually represent your brand is a huge thing and so actually whether you like it or not whatever you post as soon as it becomes public it's out there dude kids are screwed these days and i mean think of all the teenagers know, that dude. are posting crazy shit I know. Exactly. and they're like okay i'll delete it in 10 years and then like say they're running for like president or something well, <laughs> it's like so, well, dude people, we got yeah. you boozing in here like, like you're hiring a prostitute <laughs> you think, like, there's like people who tweeted like 10 years ago and like there was a comedian who tweeted like something homophobic like 10 years ago. Oh, that was, was Kevin Hart. Yeah. They gave him a really hard time. He didn't that. do the Oscars because yeah. of it. Like, that's a big gig. Yeah. <laughs> so, because he tweeted that and it was a joke. Yeah. Like, but because no one took offense to it then. But because now no one took did. offense yeah. to it yeah. now. But, then... but that's the thing. That's the crazy thing. Where's the line going to be? When we think yeah. about it, really, where's the line going to be like? And as soon as it's public, there's no line. Yeah. That's the but, problem. But I think we talked about this in the last show of the wussification of the world. Yeah. Everyone's turned into a wussy. You know, For like, sure, yeah. Everyone's sensitive. Oh, you know, you called me this or you called me that. Yeah. Dude, back in the 90s, when I was growing up as a teenager, dude, you could get away with saying a lot of crap, yeah, so like a lot of racist yeah. shit. But like, everyone, <laughs> everyone just understood, like, most of the time it's a joke. And actually, if it's not, just punch him in the face. Yeah. Like, it's cool. Yeah. Like, and it's done. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's like, that's cool. That's the way it is. Yeah. Like, people yeah. are going to have different beliefs. But now, as I said, as soon as you make it public, then you put all sorts of things at risk, like brands and gyms and all sorts of things are yeah. now going under because they let social media personalities become bigger than the actual gym or oh, yeah. bigger than the business. Yeah. And then when they go down, everything goes down. That's a big danger. Yeah. If, if we're kind of talking about having those master trainers or things like that, like if those people take a fall, then sometimes if the gym is relying on them, then yeah, actually... it affects the business. Yeah, it, yeah. it affects the business. I mean, we, we do encourage our guys to be active on their accounts, but I'm like, don't act stupid on your account, dude, because probably all your clients follow you. Yeah. Okay, it's your personal account, but you know, keep it clean. Yeah. So it's tough. It's tough to manage. It's tough to juggle with everyone. I've actually seen the smarter thing of people having two separate accounts now. An yeah. alias where they can yeah. post all their shit and yeah. like, you Personal know, life, whatever they yeah. want. I think it was a... Um, a cross-dressing athlete or something that was doing this a couple of weeks ago. He, he got outed. I think it was like a cross-dressing or like a guy who identified as a woman. Yeah. And someone outed him because he had a separate account. It's like, but dude, who cares? Yeah. You know, cares, like, man. look, if someone wants to do their own private shit, like, let them be at some yeah. point. You know, in my opinion, like, let them be at some point because everything is going to be magnified. I mean, look at China right now. They're going into the whole social credit thing. Imagine if they had social credit quake. <laughs> we would all be screwed. We'd be like three millionaires. It would yeah. be so bad. Everyone else would be like, boom, straight down. It's like, because so, social credit, like in terms of you're an asshole to someone, yeah. and your credit goes down. Like, dude, think of oh, how man. many people <laughs> will lose credit in our yeah. society just we to travel. Yeah, I would right? drive anywhere and I'd be too scared. Yeah. Be like, yeah, I'm Ubering right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Dude, I yeah. think it's going to go good, though. I think it's actually, it's going to keep people in check. Oh, Nowadays, it, we have to, like, you yeah, got to keep people in the, check, you, asked, you said, where's the line going to be? Because then it keeps people in check, but then as soon as you keep people in check, political Man, minority is report, like, dude, was a minority report where, like, uh, what's his I name, wakes so. up, he goes to sleep, he wakes up, and, or no, no, they had the uh, the cogs or whatever they were, like the five people or the five women yeah. that could see everything. 
the precogs. I think yeah, they were, they were able yeah. to see if you're going to murder. Yeah, someone. if you're going to murder somebody, dude, we're not that far away. Yeah, you know, we're already there's already the eye in the sky. But yeah, I mean, in terms of social media wise, like I don't know. I think some people should be allowed to do what they want within reason. But, yeah, but that's like if some people should be allowed to be an asshole, then. That's a good point. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Hey, you hang out I, with me, man. <laughs> well, I, I'm thinking it in my head. I'm like, man, sometimes I want to tell you you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's been telling me that for 36 years, man. <laughs> Let's shift gears since we're talking about precogs, right? Yeah. So now when we're looking at the trainers, the social media and everything, actually, you want to ask the question? If you know what I'm talking about. No, I have no idea what no you're talking clue, about. Right? <laughs> I was like, wait for you to finish you your question. You, you said you liked the question, though. <laughs> yeah, I still think he's going to pick up on, like, yeah. when I was on sports teams. We're like, you know. You, you know what I mean? Like, where you look across and the guy knows you're yeah. going to pass yeah. it to him. But yeah, but dude, come on. Get with the program, like, <laughs> I, I can't keep up with anything that's going on in your head. Like, so, like, you, you, you've got it, man. ADD, it's all you. Man. It's, the ADD. <laughs> it's the genius in me. Could you even remember what the question was you are going to ask? Yes, I do, yeah? actually. Okay, I cool. do. Now, with, with the shift that we're seeing, with trainers and everything in gyms. Yeah. Right? Artificial intelligence. It's starting to creep up, especially with trainers. And For sure. You're seeing the applications that have the AI mimicking things or the AI coach. And, you know, you have the things that we plug all of our data into that could pretty much kind of give us a program. Yes. Based on you know, our, our sleep patterns based on our movement patterns and everything. Where do you see that going? And do you see that taking a shift to the online coaches? I don't think it'll ever replace the human aspect of having a trainer or training with a coach or being guided by someone. We said that about, you know, phones, telephones, yeah. letters. I mean, who has a house phone right now? Who has a VHS? Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody, like, probably, like yeah. we all yeah. said that about a lot of different products yeah. and a lot of different things. And do you think we could see that with Apple? I mean, Apple's already created, you know, the heart monitoring thing and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So have, yeah. do you think there's going to be a shift? I agree with you. The yeah. human element is a big thing. Like the human touch makes a difference. When yeah. Liam touches me on my back when I'm squatting to activate, you know, my traps to hold the bar in place, yeah. it makes a difference. It does. Yeah, for sure. So I continue to believe all these gadgets do help the coach or the PT to perform better and help the client reach the goals. But to completely replace that person, I think it's going to be a while. Not anytime yeah. soon, I think. I don't think so. I think like uh, there's so there's way too many things that a human does in that coaching session. Yeah. Like, because it's a coach, not a personal trainer. Personal trainer, you can automate. A coach, you can't automate. But imagine you have this this like hologram, okay? It says, okay, do perform front squat. You perform the front squat. It analyzes your movement patterns, analyzes everything about you along with your stress levels. And then it says, okay, bring this here, this there, and changes yeah. it up for you where it's actually better than the human eye. Crap. A lot of the <laughs> professional teams, college teams now do have a lot of programs mm. for strength and conditioning where they can monitor your leaping ability and yeah, your performance analysis. Yeah, like, how you're running your 40 or whatever. And they tell you where you went wrong. Like this arm didn't swing correctly to give you that ups or your, your front leg wasn't placed. A lot of these programs do exist. I still think, you know, it really helps performance. You see how the athletes are these days compared to the nine, even the early 2000s. It's a huge jump. And this is probably Probably due to a lot of the technology that has been coming up throughout the years. I think the, the human aspect remains I mean, for sure. Video analysis became really big in the mid-90s, especially in yeah. American sports, like yes. baseball, football, yeah. basketball. Mm -hmm. I'll shout out to Zep. <laughs> they have this little knob, you put it on the end of your baseball bat, and yeah. it gives you speed, gives you like power output, and it will also give you the trajectory of the bat itself. And the point of contact. Point right? of contact, you, yeah. yeah. So yeah. then you're getting everything fed in. Like yeah. I can correct my own swing now yeah. without the help of a coach who's probably going to miss something. 
Yeah. Does that make any sense? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I like your point of coaches and trainers should be using these gadgets. Yeah, they should. To yeah. better their clients. Yeah. I mean, have you seen the, um, I think it's Athos. It's a shirt you put on and it has sensors on it. When you do like an activity, like a, a bench press, it will light up. Oh, yeah. I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it, it's pretty cool. It lights yeah. up to make sure you're using the right muscle. Yeah. That I could see, you know, very beneficial. Granted, yeah. it's like 600 bucks. But I know the MB uses it for drills, like when you're cutting and moving forward, defensive drills, and then they'll tell you what was going on. A lot of teams are using a lot of different things, but human aspects. Well, yeah, all the time, right? though, it needs someone to actually decipher and deliver yeah. that information. Yeah. Like, so even if it still was able to write out in a paragraph exactly what you did wrong, some people just won't be able to digest that information. And so that's yeah. down to that's where the coach comes in. Like with everything, he takes all the information that he knows and gives it to the client in the way that the client can understand. Yeah. And so like that's just another tool for you to use to be able to go, okay, how do I give this information to the client and how do I be able to correct this information? All in the same thing. And as well as going, hey, you made this problem, but don't worry about it. Like we're going to change it. This is how we're going to change it, X, Y, and Z. And there's all those other things that even if you just come back to the basic kind of need for companionship like and to actually have someone to talk to encouragement most, all yeah that all this stuff. kind of that stuff like literally yeah, have if someone, you're looking for that someone next to you to just go that, hey yeah. man you you're fucking killing it right now this yeah. is great like just that means a lot more than someone going you're killing it right now great yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. like it's like how you deliver yeah, it and you, a human yeah, you, that can, will always do that better you're gonna get some athletes that don't care for the human element you know oh, yeah, like, there's, I, a, there's I, gonna be a percentage yeah. and just the same as there is now yeah. a percentage of people who would rather have it on their phone who just says three sets of 10 this 12 or whatever and they're just quite happy doing that um but there's always going to be a personal trainer who's able to yeah. take the information and digest it for the client who either doesn't like using their phone wants to feel it is a another step to their their training or yeah just needs it kind of digesting in a different way we've had a few live examples where we've asked clients do you need help in the gym and they're like no no i have everything on my you know i have this fitness app it tells me what i need to do today you know i'm going by the numbers sticking yeah. to everything but then after a while you don't see that progress right yeah. because they plateau they're they're used to the workout the mind body connection is programmed they're like okay we know exactly what she's going to do in the gym today so you don't need to put that much effort and when they switch to a pt then she's like oh wow you guys were right. It's, it's a give and take. I think coaches, trainers, they need to use both for yeah. sure. See, I'd, I'd rather my coach be like a computer. <laughs> you yeah, know, like I, mean, I, I don't care for the, you know, go get it, buddy. You yeah. got this. I'm like, dude, shut up, man. <laughs> you know, let, mean, me, athletes, let me get through this on my own. They Just need people me. screaming in their faces for them to yeah. perform. You yeah. fucking moron. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> you know, some people need that yeah. or else they'll, they won't move their asses. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like you may get a good performance but it's unlikely you're going to get the best performance without yeah. a human actually able there because that's why yeah. people switch coaches as well like because they yeah, do, they're exactly, not getting the best yeah. performance out yeah. of it. like even at the elite level that same coach that got them from amateur to elite may not be the best coach to keep them at elite to keep level. them there and progress yeah, yeah. For you sure. see that a lot in boxing like you see that a lot in boxing, boxing and other professional sports, yeah. bodybuilding is yeah, the same. Definitely, yeah. MMA, I mean, is the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I think like kind of all all elite level sports. Like yeah. even you see the turnover of football managers, soccer managers, all these yeah. kind of things. Like they're supposed to be getting the best out of all their athletes, and yeah. like there's a high turnover of them 
like probably not so much in American football. There's kind of usually years. Yeah, Belichick's been the coach of the yeah. Patriots yeah, for, for a long dude, time. Dude, like years 2001, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like in, in soccer, you like we've had teams, three different managers in the same season. Same season. Wow, yeah, yeah, like there's a big turnover of managers. Yeah. yeah, you guys are weird in soccer. Like, I mean... The, the, we have the, draws and stuff. Like, yeah, it's like, like no like, one wins. Dude, oh my God. At baseball, you can have like 27 innings. Like you're not walking away until yeah. there's a winner. Like hockey's got overtime. No, hockey, you can walk away in a tie. I think you can walk away in a tie. Depends on what part of the season it is. I yeah. Think. Yeah, 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 yeah. If it's playoffs now, football, no. you, you can't walk away Basketball in a tie. Basketball is no either. Oh, you, no, you can, don't you? In the, American not, football? Not in playoffs. I no, think. American football, there's no tie man. No. You go into no overtime, ties. dude. Oh, yeah, no, it was it. Yeah. But at the end of overtime, though, there's definitely an end of overtime. Nope. I'm sure it just there keeps is. going until someone scores, yeah. man. I'm, I'm really sure there is. No. Like, um, you're, you're talking to an American over all right, here. All right. Right. I'm just saying, okay, everyone just register it because I'm like 99% sure. We'll do it you're after. 99% we'll do it after. sure. All right, you guys talk. I'm going to Google it. Oh, you're right now. You're going to Google it right now. Okay, just put can you draw in American football? Just say that real quick. Because if you're wrong, oh man, I'm gonna be so happy. <laughs> no way, dude. <laughs> you watch American football. Uh, Have you ever seen a tie? Then, yeah. No, never. In the National Football League, a tied game occurs when a regular season game ends with both teams having an equal score after one 10 minute overtime. No oh, way, wow. dude. Oh, no way, dude. Oh, I've never seen it. No, dude. No. no. Uh, that was, yeah, but no, it's, it's really, it doesn't happen often. Oh, but at sucks, the end of dude. overtime, then they tie. Like, so. <laughs> I'm dumbfounded. I've never seen a tie though. Like, I, I've, I've seen it I've once. Never, I've yeah. never witnessed a tie in American football. I've always seen it go into the. I next. don't think I have either. Yeah, it's, so. it's only in playoffs that you have to. Then, yeah, but dude, yeah. that's so weird. Oh my god, I'm, I'm a shitty half American. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you were like shouting to me then. I, I was know, like, I was like so it, sure. I was like so glad I stuck to. All right, well, guns. you can't tie in baseball. Baseball, <laughs> I think the longest recorded game was like 28 innings. How long oh, is that wow. in time? Like, dude, it, that's like a good seven, eight hours. And they, they stopped like just so players could go to sleep. They woke up, came back. Next it's, inning, uh, a guy just hits a double, scores a run, game over. Who's that? Oh, wow. <laughs> it was a Red Sox affiliate. Wade Boggs did it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, I know yeah. my baseball shit. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair but, enough. Damn, dude. Oh, I'm pissed about that. You're only pissed because I knew it. That's yeah. the... <laughs> no, no, no. Honestly, it's not because you knew it. I'm just pissed because I was like, I was so sure of it that there's no tie in America. I thought it was a man sport, dude. Did rugby. We, what about rugby? A... Uh, yeah, yeah, you can tie it. Yeah. You can tie rugby. English sports, man. You can tie all the time. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to be polite about it and be like, oh, no, no, you win first. No, yeah, no yeah. you win first. <laughs> <laughs> How about we just go get some tea? <laughs> no problem. <laughs> In football, during the, like, whenever there's a like, kind of knockout game, then usually they'll have two games. It's like, so a home and an away. And then it'll be like on aggregate. And if not, then it goes to penalties. Oh, okay. We try not to. And not Let's shift back to gyms right now. <laughs> Do we have any questions? Yeah, we, we have yeah. one more question. Yeah. Yeah. What is one piece of advice you would give to someone opening a gym right now? Like, what's one piece of advice that you'd be like, dude, you need to do this for you to survive? I would say research and target market. I call you. Oh, call me, yeah. <laughs> give, well, me yeah. You'll, you'll give me my cut. Them. <laughs> yeah. Give me my cut, man. I'll do it all. 10% ownership. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting for people to know that business exists to help them actually set up and yeah. make their business successful. Yeah. It exists in everything else. Right? So there's like business entrepreneurs like who are trying to help any other business yeah. like to succeed. Um, there's no but, shame in it. Yeah. I mean, look at Obama. He had 20 consultants or advisors while yeah. he was in office. Like it's, There's it no makes shame. sense. You can't yeah. know everything. No. And actually, it's much yeah. better if someone else knows more than you and yeah. they're giving you as best tidbits of their information yeah. as possible. Basically, right? yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. And it's, it's really cool to know that there's a business. But this doesn't help. happen here. 
doesn't happen often. Yeah, everyone thinks they can do it themselves. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody thinks that, like the podcast, dude, before we got started, when we were looking around for like equipment, setup, and yeah. everything, I tried to contact some of the best podcasters in the game because I want to know what type of equipment are you using? Will you give me that information? Yeah. You know, is it free information? And sure enough, like they gave me that information. Where I look at other podcasters, they want to do it, they do the DIY method, the do it yourself method. Oh, yeah. And you could tell sound quality, mic quality, everything, A to Z is completely different. So there's no shame in asking. There's, there's, there's a no, lot of trial and error, dude, when you do it on your own. You lose, I don't know, anywhere from one to two years of guaranteed income, like, because you're trying stuff and, oh, maybe it's not the right trainer or the fitness manager or my reception desk sucks or, you know, whatever it may be. So it's better to go with someone who's yeah, gone man. through all that trial and we error give you first. a manual, yeah. you know, it's like a blue book. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so I know who I'm calling. How much you charge? <laughs> That's it. some basis. Yeah. I'll bring you back on the podcast. <laughs> going to ask you questions All on the, the podcast. Questions, yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, Liam, we're opening the gym, dude. <laughs> we're going to invite him back on here just so we can get all the questions. Yeah, it's weird out. that Abdullah's been back on 10 times. Like, why is <laughs> and we haven't released any of his episodes. Yeah. <laughs> just all that information. <laughs> Episode number 12, yeah. It's like, our show notes telling the show notes. All right. Yep, show notes. Right, okay, we got this point covered. All right, good. <laughs> but no seriously man thanks for coming on again oh like, thanks for awesome, having dude. me it's a pleasure man always yeah, a pleasure you, thank you so much it was anytime, good to chat. anytime it's good to have that wisdom man hey I'm here I'm thanks, here buddy. for you guys thanks a lot thanks for listening to this episode if you enjoyed it please head over to iTunes to subscribe rate and leave a review you can also find us on Instagram at the project Kuwait thank you and join us next time